Welcome back to the Maxwell High School podcast. Today, I've got our careers team with us. Uh, I've got Laura. Hello, Pete. And I've got Helen. Good morning, Mr. Joyce. <laughs> Thanks for that, Helen. You're welcome. Um, uh, our careers team. So, I want to kind of explain to our school community or, or, or help explain to our school community what it is that the careers team at Maxwell High School does. Uh, the sorts of services that they offer to students um, and then the sorts of outcomes that I guess uh, our students have. Uh, and and really at some point, uh, you know, some of the stuff that you're talking about is obviously going to be of interest to students uh, in the older years and, you know, what kind of things can they do to help uh, their kids get prepared for uh, moving on and, you know, if there's something that you talk about that, you know, parents might be involved with, I know that... Uh, Helen, your your role as a transition coordinator. You've got uh, SBATs and and um, apprenticeships, school based apprenticeships, those sorts of things. You know, but people may not know what those things stand for, and and you know, how do you get your kid tied up in some of this sort of stuff? So, really, that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about, um, and that's why I've got you in here. I guess, though, like I've been doing with everyone, I just quickly wanted to start with the pandemic because it's it's ha- it's it's happening and it has impacts or it's had impacts on everybody's lives so um you know there's been this lockdown and this working from home thing how laura did like working from home affect your role at school and 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 what the careers advisor does so pete my uh, ongoing role at the moment with year 10 is careers lessons and that was a uh, priority at the time to maintain contact with those year 10 students. Yep. So we established the Google Classroom setup. Mm. Uh, I guess the significant thing that happened when we all went into lockdown was the cancellation of work experience. Mm-hmm. So as year 10s, normally toward the end of first term is when work experience occurs and <laughs> unfortunately... Everyone was at home. That's right. It's one of those uh, rite of passage type things for a lot of students, isn't it? Like, you know, uh, I can still remember back to when I was in year 10 and I can still remember clearly what I did on work experience. I worked for a newspaper and I know heaps of people out there are going, newspaper, what is that? And that's a fair question now, but it it shows a couple of things about careers and, and the jobs market that's kind of changed, I think. But coming back to what you were saying, so, you know, th- this rite of passage thing, so how how have you been able to accommodate, um, like, you know, that? So what's happened to the year work experience? So for a, a period of time there, uh, we weren't actually allowed to uh, send students out yep. on work experience. So we had to wait for the department to give us the go-ahead, basically. Okay. And so that's been rescheduled and uh, it's... Uh, really good that our students are able to go out in week eight of this term instead. Okay. So amongst your roles, work experience is a big thing. What 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 would you say to somebody that said, well, you know, you know, what do you do? Like what's a careers advisor do? Obviously we've we've just talked about work experience because that was knocked on the head. It's back on again now. But like what does a careers advisor do? So Pete, I think that the careers team have some of the best roles in the school really Uh, it's very rewarding Mm. and there is a fair bit actually to it which is why we have to work as part of a team 
to get everything done. So primarily my role is with Year 10, working on uh, careers, employability skills and that transition between Year 10 and 11. And I also work a fair bit with Year 12 and the university application process. So that is also a fairly drawn out process and there's so many different early entry pathways and options for those mm. students wanting to go to university and requires a significant amount of attention. Yeah. Off the top of your head, how many of the Maxwell High students would choose a pathway where they go from school into tertiary education, um, you know, we'll pick university? So for university entrance, we tend to... Uh, go around oh, 35 to 40% okay. that, that of our seem, students. Yeah. Seems like a lot. Do you, uh, know, do you know if it is like in comparison to other schools? or I th- from, from what I am aware of, I think it's reasonably standard okay. for that amount, about 30% usually. So we could be a little bit above. Uh, I suppose the being from a regional school, our students uh, get some uh, extra access. Okay. So, yeah, there's, there's a range of pathways for kids these days to transition from school into university. The old day where you got your HSC and you got an ATAR or depending how old you are, a, a tertiary entity, a TER or, you know, that, those sort of things have gone. So what, what sort of pathways, you know, are there now for kids to move from school into tertiary or into university specifically? So there's multiple ways. Typically, we encourage students who want to go to university to uh, uh, follow an ATAR pattern of study Mm -hmm. through year 11 and 12. That opens up, it just broadens the pathways a lot more. Mm -hmm. Those who don't pursue an ATAR but change their mind still do have an opportunity. So, there are non-ATAR pathways into university and that's based on school recommendation. So, if... Whether or not we as a school think that that student could succeed at tertiary level, basically. Yeah, okay. So, you know, there's no – whereas the pathways used to be really highly defined, really, there was kind of – if you wanted to go to university when I was at school, you had to get a tertiary entrance score and if you didn't get that, you weren't going until you were 25 or something and go in a mature way. Um, but the, for for the kids, they're our students. There's a few different ways to, to skin the cat. There so. is, and and if students aren't achieving uh, to a high standard, there are other options as well. Most universities have pathway courses that mm. students can undertake to gain entry, and uh, there's also the TAFE pathway. Yeah. Okay. Is TAFE something that you look after? I look after. Uh, I kind of we Helen and I co-share yeah the, okay. the TAFE. Uh, so there's a few different options there, starting from stage five, which is year ten. So year tens have the opportunity each year to participate in a skills for work course at Maxville, and mm. there's often about three courses on offer for those students to to pick. Yeah. What what about post school and TAFE? Is that is that your cup of tea as well, or are you are you showing um, our students the uh, pathways that they can take, you know, beyond university and, and into things like TAFE? So usually we would be able to have visitors and guest speakers yep. to school and we would get TAFE and employment um, pathway 
people to come in and, and speak to those students and give them advice and uh, ad- yeah, pretty much advice on how mm. to enrol and what that next step is because when it comes to enrolling in TAFE um, after you have a ROSA, uh, it's it's different for everyone. Uh, you know, some people might get concessions, some people might be eligible under the Smart and Skilled yeah. framework to get a free course. So it's really personalised process, that enrolment. Okay. I, I also know that you're... Um you're involved in your teacher year eight class. What you, that's coming quite a way back from, um, you know, people that are on the cusp of leaving school for our, our year twelves and for our year tens, which I guess are starting to have to make decisions about kind of maybe what path they want to take in terms of choosing subjects and things like that. What what are you hoping to achieve, and what sort of things are you doing with uh, with the younger students, the year eight students? So a big part of my job and the way I see my role is to create opportunities for students. And at the moment, there's a massive push to expand career education from a younger age, like from primary school. So I, my my goal with uh, pursuing the year eights, the, the taster class, it mm. basically was to um, expose them to some career education earlier on. And I had a focus of... Uh, employability skills and also different industry areas. So mm. in term one, we started on uh, taking them out of school yep. to different industry visits and um, it it's um, unfortunately... All, all unravelled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're, we're working on Zoom sessions and Teams and things like that now. Okay, yeah, the technology's stepping up. Yeah. It's not quite as... I'm going to say quite as good. It's not the same. Maybe maybe quite as good is not the right term, but it is not the same as actually, you know, visiting Express Coaches or visiting the BCU or, you know, the other businesses. It's not the same, really. It It's not. You don't get to see the behind the scenes so much. Yeah. It's um, on the online platforms. It's more someone talking to you about mm. it instead of the students being able to... Yeah. see what's happening, which is probably impactful for younger students. Are you seeing, um, because of your the time that you're spending with our older kids, our older students, are you seeing uh, in them uh, any sense of uh, despair? I mean, despair might be too strong a word, but are you getting any sense that any of them are getting a sense of hopelessness about the situation because of uh, the... the the pandemic or, or are they still just as lively and excited about their futures as they've kind of ever been? I think I think they've coped really well mm. and from where I stand, I, I've seen more opportunities arise than mm. potentially ever before. So they are, they're really fitting into it yeah. and, yeah, adapting. I mean, I, I'd imagine, you, you know, if I... If you pick out those industries that have been um, devastated by the pandemic, you know, and, and I think anecdotally hospitality and tourism have, have had it pretty hard. That's probably putting it mildly. But are, are, are kids still interested in those pathways or are you sensing that they're going other ways that, that, that might take them out of the firing line of a similar sort of situation into more stable areas that... I don't know, people still going to the account and I guess, I don't know, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, some some students, I, I think 
if they've always had that goal in mind, mm. they haven't necessarily changed it. Yeah. They are still pursuing it. And I think when you talk about those those impacted industry areas, we could look at it now that those areas have, have growth ahead of them. That's so. Well, that is true, isn't it? I mean, you know, you you get so low that the only way is up. Yeah, you know, and now so. if our students are leaving school now to go into courses mm. in those areas, they're probably really well positioned mm. to get in at the right time at mm. the end. Excellent. I'm going to talk to Helen about mm. your role. You're technically the transition coordinator. Yes. So that, you know, that could mean a whole lot of things, but what does it, what does it mean here now? So I think when I first took over this job or was given this job, it was really like I don't quite know what I'm meant to be doing here What and sort of create something from that. But predominantly the, the job is transitioning students from school to work or to something that they want to do if they're not happy here at school. And I suppose we don't want kids leaving at the end of year 12 with nothing. Yeah. So for me, my job is to try to transition them into something that they are going to pursue and not just sit at school and say, well, I'll, I'll have to wait till I'm 17 and then I'm going to leave. So if we identify kids that are that sort of person, mm. then that's what my job has been. Okay, so uh, I'm a student that's um, in year 10. I'm pretty sick of school. Um, I'm, 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 I, I, you know, if I had the chance, I'd just drop out. So what are you telling me? What, what sort yep. of things are you saying? So I, I think I'll have lots of one-on-ones with kids and yep. like, okay, what do you want to do? And a lot of them know that they really have a passion for and a lot of the time it's um, like the ha- the mechanical or working on um, at busways mm. or just getting out and doing something with their hands, for example. Yep. I just want to go to s- – so one of the boys said to me, I just want to get up in the morning, miss, take my lunch, go to work, come home. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. Keen to work. Just keen to have a job yeah. somewhere using their hands, getting out in the sun, whatever. So yeah. an example would be um, at the moment I've got um, the golf course in Nambucca Heads has said we've got an apprenticeship going. Yep. So what I did was advertise through school who might be interested in doing this. And yep. I've had several students say, yep, that's me, that's me. So yeah. what I do is with that they do a week of work experience, see whether or not it's what they would like to do mm-hmm. um, and try to sell themselves to the employer. And the employer is actually vetting the students coming through, whether or yeah. not this one's good, whether or not that one's good. So I suppose it gives them a taste of the work experience, gives them a taste of what it actually is about. So this is a really – this is a great thing for um, both the employer and the potential employee really because, you know, the employer's coming to you. You've got a, a pool of – possible probable candidates uh, which in some ways you probably vet um, yep. before before seeing them out for work experience even you, you've got to gauge their enthusiasm and uh, and and you would have a good handle on which students have got the potential to succeed or otherwise then the employer gets to have a look at a, a, a possible startup for a position um, kind of with no obligation. And, and they can get to see how, how the student performs or the potential employee inf- uh, performs. Yeah, and I suppose what also develops from that is I get a lot of employers coming on board to actually say, look, we've 
I will take a kid for a week, get them a taste of this. Mm. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to get a job, but it's no. just giving those kids that, say, Miss, I don't want to be here. Maybe I don't really know what I want, yep. but I've got, okay, let's try this. Off you go, spend a week out in the workforce, yep. see whether or not this is what you want. And some of the times they come back and go, yeah, no, I think I'll stay at school and work towards getting um, my HSC at the end of year 12. Yeah, okay. And others go, yep, that's what I want to do. And so it really does give them a good idea of whether or not they do want to work. Yeah. So you, I know you also manage SBAT. So what's yep. an SBAT? So an SBAT is a school-based apprenticeship or a traineeship. Yep. And it's through the education department and it, um, so it can cover a lot of things. So it could be um, a student is applying to get an apprenticeship with a company. Mm -hmm. So what that means is if they are successful in getting an apprenticeship, they go to this work site one day a week when they're in year 11 and 12 and they also do um, that subject. So for example, if we've got hospitality, a student is doing hospitality at school as a theory subject, yep. but they're also doing an apprenticeship at an employer, so a cafe okay. or a restaurant. Yep. So one day a week they go there as well. With an apprenticeship, it means that by the end of year 12, they've done the equivalent to one year of full-time apprenticeship. Okay. So they will step into the second year of an apprenticeship and they're guaranteed that apprenticeship with that employer. Okay. So it stays on. Okay, so my the next scenario, which is like a lay-down is there for me, is I've been in year 12. You know, I want him to get an apprenticeship. So, you know, Helen, can you find my boy an apprenticeship? So as not an SBAT, but an apprenticeship out of school. Yeah, yeah, fine. Let's do that. Or well, let's let's say he's in. He's, let's say he's couple. Well, actually, need to go back a couple of years, yes. really, don't we? So he's in yeah. year ten. Yep. He's about to start his senior study. You know, yep. I want you to find him a, an SBAT or a, an apprenticeship. Yeah. So I suppose it works two ways. I'm not actually an employ a job person that like gives people jobs like yeah. Or whatever they're called out in the community. Sorry, you'll have to edit that. Um, so what I do is no. there are various <laughs> courses or various people that will come to me and say, yeah. we we have apprenticeships going yeah. and there are different avenues for that. Or a kid will come to me and go, I've got an, an apprenticeship lined up okay. and so they've done the legwork themselves. Yep. Or I might talk to people I know and say, oh, have you got – Anything. Anything. So okay. it can work three ways. Yep. And a lot of the time it's the kids doing it themselves. They'll walk into the office and go, Miss, I've got this apprenticeship already yeah. signed up. And go, beauty, let's go for it. Um, or, uh, for example, um, the um, sorry Elsa Dixon program, which mm. is an Indigenous program, yep. they've actually got funding for students to now do um, apprenticeships like or traineeships, so, sorry, like uh, working in schools as a school okay. assistant. Yep. So that comes to me as well. So okay. if you want an apprenticeship yourself, yeah. it's not – unfortunately, I don't have a list of 500 where I go, oh, here, which <laughs> one would you like? It's a small community as well and it's tough. Yeah, so who does have that list of 500 apprenticeships? I don't know. Uh, I'd like to know who does. Yeah. It would help. There'd be a lot of people that would like to know that list yes. or who's got that list. I know. So, so real, realistically, the, the – the best way for a young person to uh, get themselves engaged in a, an apprenticeship is is probably to be actively seeking that themselves and then you can come along as a uh, from the school's perspective yep. and support that. Yeah. So and it depends on whether it's going to be a full-time apprenticeship like from now yep. I'm going to leave school. Yep. And so then we go through the process of what you need to do or whether the employer is happy to do a school-based apprenticeship or traineeship. Mm. And I think that the school base or the SBATs, employers have been a little bit, I don't even know what that means, mm. and some once they've got them on board, 
they've loved it because they're yep. giving a kid the opportunity to work one day a week to not be tied down to having this person there every day. Um, the kid comes in fresh or the student comes in nice and fresh every week. There have been um, – some s- employers have said, look, I don't like the one day a week because we don't have any consistency. Yeah. But it seems to be a really positive thing for everybody and whether it's an apprenticeship or it's a traineeship. So that's the other one. Yep. So the school-based traineeships are um, a commitment for two years for year 11 and 12. Okay. So – it's the same thing. They're doing the same thing. They're getting paid to do that one day a week. Yep. But at the end of the two years, the traineeship stops. And there's, Yeah, there's, so there's not necessarily that ongoing type of arrangement like with apprenticeships. No. it Lots of the times it does yeah, carry on, which is the beauty of it. Well, well if you, you, you put yourself in the spot of an employer, you've had a young person coming in, developing skills. You've been teaching them how you want things done in your enterprise. Uh, you know, you've... You, you, seeing them at least once a week, you say you've had a really good look at how they perform and you've got them upskilled, you know, if you need somebody, you're not going to let that person go if they're what you're looking for. That's so right. And I think that's what the um, the beauty of it is. And I think with the traineeship, both people like to say, right, I'm not going to be locked in. So yeah. unless they really want this apprenticeship, pretty much it's always traineeships that people are taking up with students. Okay, so we're talking to Laura and she's sort of dealing with year 10, 11 and 12. Um, obviously, when, when the students are leaving year 12, she's working on pathways to tertiary education and whatnot. Mm. Uh, you know, are you working with the same age group or are you sort of a bit younger in, in your clientele? So with the tra- the transition advisor, it's probably I start to step in about year nine. Okay. And it's with students that are showing that they really don't want to make going to year 12 their pathway. Okay. So what I try to do is give them an opportunity to get out into the workforce and we call it work placement. So if we can get an employer that wants to take on a student that's really interested in, say, mechanics, for example, I'll have um, a student will turn up to that work site one day a week, not paid, it's purely work experience, Mm. but it's consistently one day a week for a period of time. That could be for a term, it could be for a year, um, whatever it is. So those sorts of... And that's where I start to work from about year nine, yeah. uh, later into year nine and then year ten. So yeah. that sort of student is who I pick up as an individual. So I suppose yeah, yeah. the difference with Laura and myself in that regard is I probably specialise with individual students, yep. whereas Laura's got the whole cohort that she's yep. working with. And you're, you're principally dealing with students that are a little younger than the ones that Laura's principally dealing with. Yeah, because by if the time... Gen- yeah, so it's year nine and year ten. So by the time yeah. they get to year eleven... They're pretty much on this trajectory. But yeah. in saying that, students will get into year 11, right. start doing their subjects and, and think, say, yeah, I really don't want to do this. I want plan B. I want to go somewhere yep. else. So then that's where I step in again. Okay. Um, we look for other options. And it could be a work. It could be moving them into a TAFE course that they want to do instead. Um, anything that they can do to probably not spend the next two years at school. So in terms of students on SBATs and uh, – or SBATs yep. um, – wha- what sort of what sort of number would we be you know dealing with on average every year in terms of kids who have actually signed up for an apprenticeship or a school based apprenticeship or a school based traineeship? So for next year, the students going to into year eleven. So far, we've got five okay. students that will be doing SBATs. Okay, will be doing a traineeship. So it represents a um, a decent percentage yeah. in terms of our of the numbers heading off towards ten percent. Yep, and 
um, it's a big. It is a big commitment as well. Yeah. Sometimes, if they aren't doing a subject at school, then to do the theory component, they have to go to TAFE. So okay. that means they're going to TAFE yeah. for one day. They're working for one day. So therefore, they're at school for three days. It's so that means they've got to be really organised. Know what they're missing out on school. So yeah. that sort of stuff they have to be able to keep up with. It's not necessarily an easy pathway. No, it's not. So. And it, I haven't met a student yet that hasn't coped though. Yeah, I think I think once people get into in young people, if they get into that mindset of that's what they're doing, most of the time that they'll, you know, they'll get their focus going and and they'll, you know, get the job done because yeah. I think that you know, I think with clarity and decision making, you know, comes that kind of uh, opportunity to persevere and and put put everything into it. And it's not just a, um, a nine to three ten time slot either. That when they're working, they're working actual work hours. Yeah. So one boy's going to be starting at half past seven in Coffs Harbour, so wow. he's got to get to okay. himself there. Potentially a p- potentially a commitment from parents as well. Yes. So mum was yesterday. We signed him up, and mum was like, "So one year of taking him, then he'll have his license." Yes. <laughs> so it is a it is, but you know yeah. that's what she said. That's what we're here for. So we're yeah. happy to help him, and it probably will. Um, move into some sort of employment yeah, at the end. Fantastic. That's yeah. really good. Yep. How did um, the the pandemic and the, the – mm. how has that impacted on the kinds of things that you're setting up? So obviously Laura and the, you know, um, work experiences yeah. didn't go so well within that time frame. But what you, what you so do with is a bit the, different. With the SBATs, it was a little different. I had several that were in hospitality mm. um, and the cafe closed down for a period of time so they couldn't pursue their work placement. But I had others that were doing KFC and that was okay that they were able to still go Mm. and other work sites around the town that they were still able to go and continue with their SBAT. So it was sort of like a bit of both. Since then, the the cafe has reopened and they've been able to go back in with all the right rules that Mm -hmm. they were able to carry on with it. Okay. Mm. it's been a bit of horses for courses. Yeah, it was on an individual basis whether or not it would go ahead. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. Thanks for that. Um, I, I, I want to change a little bit. And so, okay, our school community, um, as I've said time and again, people are sticky beaks and they always want to know a little bit about um, everybody else. Everyone likes to know a little bit about something, I think, anyway. So... I, I want to change, okay, school roles, um, careers advisor, transition coordinator, making a great careers team, pathway, getting outcomes for kids so they're going into something after school. But uh, about yourselves, um, you know, uh, Laurie, your pathway here, what, what's what's kind of brought you to Maxville and the careers advisor at Maxville? How, how, have, you, how have you got to where you are now? I never imagined I would be a careers advisor, that's for sure. I actually finished high school here at Maxwell High. Right. I, I went travelling for a year and then I came back to uni I, at, at Lismore actually and I was pretty close still with my PE teacher that I had mm. back here and so she took me on for prac. Yep. So I was in PE and one thing led to another I, and I – stayed here (laughs) Uh, that same teacher moved into careers yep and uh, it just happened that I followed you just completely (laughs) (laughs) yeah so 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 should we ask who's your inspiration or is it is it too obvious (laughs) no 
So okay, so you you uh, you you've kind of done the full circle. Went to school at Maxville, went away, had a look around, said, "Yep, there's nothing better than Maxville." You've come back, um, started out as a PE teacher, and then you've transitioned into uh, careers, which involves some university study on top of that. Correct. Okay, so in your spare time, I know you're in the surf club still, or you used to be. I used to be. Yep. I I play football. That's right. So. Soccer, football, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the game and you play with your feet. That's mm. correct. Yeah. And uh, I, m- another hobby, obviously, was was travel, but yeah. I haven't been able to pursue that this Travel's year. Travel's a bit tough. <laughs> what, what about the soccer season? Has that been impacted greatly? Yeah, definitely. We weren't able to play until July. Yep. So usually the season starts around April. So it was pushed back a few months and it's been a little bit extended. So we're still playing uh, through... Maybe another month or so. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're done. Yeah. Okay. Has it been um, an intense season? It was very strange. We were told we could train, I think it was in June. So we might have had about four weeks before we were told the season was going to begin. Mm. And it all kind of happened overnight when we were allowed to play again. Yeah. But it was it was strange because leading up to that, we at training, we still had to maintain. Yeah distancing and no lots tackling, of, no tackling and yeah all that kind of thing so yeah. that was strange yeah very good helen you yes. you would have quite a backstory being um a, a, a little longer in the tooth than than laura perhaps <laughs> yes, like me that's correct yes we're of a similar vintage we are we are so you know your backstory to get to maxwell high school as a transition coordinator would be a little mm. bit different Yes, I suppose it so is. So where did you start out? You must well, have started as a teacher because you can't do I your did. job without being a teacher. So, so I'm a PE teacher as well. It's okay. quite funny that a lot of the PE teachers around this area are careers. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like where do we go next and it seems <laughs> like it's a careers job. Uh, I grew up at – well, one of the places I grew up was Barrowville. Oh, okay. And I spent the last two years at Maxwell High School as well because okay. there was no year 11 and 12. So then I went straight into uni, studied there and then decided that I'd go travelling and ended up in Darwin for three weeks but stayed 21 years. Yes. Right. So as a PE teacher and then pursued a bit of a sporting career up there for a while. Yep. And what's your what did, what's your chosen sport? Netball. Netball, yes. okay. Yeah. So I was able to travel around Australia playing netball as well as okay. being um a PE teacher. So, so it's fair to say that if you travel around Australia playing netball you're quite proficient at the sport. Or at least were. Okay. Yes, thank you very much, yeah. <laughs> One might say that. It's yeah. I don't know, yes. Well, you, you, you don't get invited. You don't okay. travel around the country playing a sport unless no. you do have some ability. Yes. So what, what level did you reach? Um, a national level. So I played okay. at national as an opens player. Okay. And I was the captain for the Northern Territory side. And right. okay. Yeah, so my passion is netball, obviously. And yeah, clearly. And um, the body has said that that's <laughs> not what my passion is because I don't have knees anymore or a lower back. But yeah, anyway, that yeah. just comes <laughs> with the, the job. So right. – um, and that's what I did and I had a fabulous time mm-hmm. – doing all of those things, living in Darwin. Um, and then about 11 years ago, it was a decision that we made to come back home for many reasons. Yeah. And one was family. Yeah. Um, and another was I wanted my daughter to perhaps experience growing up on the north coast of New South Wales yeah, and have the sort of a lifestyle that I've had. And okay. so we just pull, pulled up stumps and off we came. And, and I ended up back at Maxville. Yeah, and I've been teaching... PE since I arrived here and then have sort of morphed into a PE 
and the trans- careers team. Yeah, that's job. right. You're a transition coordinator. Yes. So, do you still have a finger in the pie of netball? Because obviously if you were that involved with it back yes. in the day. Yes. Well, many fingers. So mm. school-wise, we've been able to – when I first got back here, there wasn't any netball and it was like – how well, is that possible? How is that? How <laughs> is that possible? So I'm yeah. really happy to have been able to raise the profile of Maxwell High School in netball. And we've had a very successful very couple of teams here. Yes, we have. So mm. we've had um, the senior girls over the last few years have actually made it as North Coast champions, 15s North Coast champions, which enabled them to go to state, and we've made it into the top six in the state. For both of those teams several times. So that's very successful for yeah. Maxwell High School. Oh, it's impressive given the yep. size of our community. Absolutely. In comparison to the communities that essentially you're we're taking on. So yeah, that's right. So, you know, we play sports impressive. high schools, um, have taken a few scalps in those sports high schools and excellent. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, so the school Max the school netball has been really yep. very successful. Um, I also have been the representative coach for the Nambucca Valley. Okay. So that has been since oh, a long time as yeah, well since yeah. I got here. So yeah. we've been off to state age, state champs and been very successful in those um, competitions as well. Yep. Um, first or second or third at state. So that's a ra- another amazing effort for the Nambucca Valley, that's yeah. for sure. Is it fair to say that you love netball? Yeah. <laughs> it is. I suppose it is. I, and I think about my life. Think, wow, I've spent a lot of time on that baseline. Yeah. Um, either running or coaching or both at the same time. What's your, what's your obituary going to read? And and Helen loved netball. That's it. That's probably <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like it's it's great to have a passion and and mm. like I think for young people it's it it's good to hear that like you know you can start a passion really young and then you can follow it through almost uh, as long as you want if yeah. you've got that passion that drive to keep keep on with that thing that it is that you've developed that love yeah. of which i think is a great story in its own right um look we've been speaking for ages now oh. and it's been really good and and informative like I, I really hope that uh, people have enjoyed um getting an understanding and getting to know careers advisor and transition coordinator and those kind of roles and uh, i think it's great to share a little bit about our lives so that people, you know, understand that the, I guess people working with their, with their, where their children, uh, you know, we've got a handle on life and, and, you know, we've got experiences and that are beyond school that we, we bring to this, this job, the important job that we do. So, so Laura, thanks very much for coming along. It's been great to speak with you. Thank you, Pete. And I'll just um, also say if anyone wants any information regarding careers there's our website maxfieldhighcareers.com good plug good plug and helen thanks very much for coming along you're welcome like will i do a plug too anybody got any apprenticeships (laughs) or traineeships send them my way thank you (laughs) they can contact you through the school 6568 1066 thank you thanks very much uh to all our listeners we do thank you uh, for coming along on our journey we hope that you enjoy this podcast and uh we look forward to Having your company next week.